poets and intellectuals of this time, the innovative minds, the intelligentsia, those that are breaking down the barriers and choosing a bohemian existence, escaping from dreary suburban ideals and materialistic death traps. Where are these engaging people? The risk takers, the revolutionaries, those living apart from this big unrest, those escaping the sterility of corporate junkies who get high on materialistic consumption. Welcome to the Bohemian Beat. We will journey beyond the horizon and find the artists living on the edge, going down into the murky waters of their very existence, where these brave souls have re-emerged with art that is challenging, original and brutal. You have tuned into the Bohemian Beat. I'm ready with you until the end of the hour. Today on the show, we will be exploring the Spanish Civil War that happened between 1936 and 1939. We will start with a song by the Welsh band Manic Street Preachers, where the theme is taken from the Spanish Civil War and the idealism of Welsh volunteers who joined the left-wing international brigades fighting for the Spanish Republic against Francesco Franco's military rebels. The song takes its name from a Republican poster of the time, displaying a photograph of a young child killed by the nationalists under a sky of bombers with a stark warning, if you tolerate this, your children will be next, written at the bottom. So oh. 
Manic Street Preachers with If you tolerate this, your children will be next. The Spanish Civil War began when a group of rebels led by General Francisco Franco, called the Nationalists, tried to overthrow the democratically elected Spanish Republic. Franco, a conservative, was outraged when the monarchy was removed and replaced with a democratic republic in 1931. With the 1936 elections, the Conservatives fell and the leftist Popular Front came to power. Looking to overthrow the Republic, Franco and other generals staged a partially successful coup which started the Spanish Civil War. Franco's nationalists had support from Nazi Germany and Fascist Italy. Britain and France operated on an official policy of non-intervention and Russia, though supplied some military aid to the Republic, was surreptitiously suppressing the social revolution, as was Germany, Italy and Britain, to protect and advance their own national interests. The Spanish Civil War was a major turning point in world history, a testing ground for the European fascist military might, where the scope of World War II was determined by the outcome of the Spanish Civil War. It stands to reason that if General Franco had been stopped, Hitler would not have felt secure being as brazen as he was in the following years, and thus some of the horrors of the Holocaust would likely have been averted. People from all over the world, including the likes of Orwell, Hemingway, Neruda, joined the Spanish people's fight against fascism. They did so out of a commitment to an ideal, they knew the importance of the war, what its outcome would mean to the world. And though most knew their efforts would be futile, they fought anyway. The workers were fighting for more than just the preservation of the Republic. They began a revolution to restructure society. Now, the underlining idea of anarchism is opposition to hierarchical authority. Anarchists seek a society where they are neither rulers nor ruled where no person has arbitrary power over any other. The three social institutions against which anarchists have traditionally focused much of their efforts are the church, the state and private property. Homage to Catalonia is George Orwell's personal account of his experiences and observations in the Spanish Civil War. This next piece is excerpts from George Orwell's Homage to Catalonia. <laughs> It was the summer of 1936. I was married. I'd just written The Road to Wigan Pier. My ideas were beginning to crystallize as the political situation in Spain began to descend into chaos. I thought that at last I might have a part to play in the struggle of world socialism to create a society where, for once, the working class were in the driving seat. Spain's Republican government faces national unrest as it fails to reform a way of life that has changed little since the Middle Ages. A wave of strikes by the anarchist-backed Trades Union Congress brings in a new Popular Front ministry, with anarchist and communist deputies holding the balance of power. On the 18th of July, a young general in exile in the Canary Islands arrives secretly by plane in Madrid. His name, 
is Francisco Franco. In the streets, state radio plays through loudspeakers. Españoles, sintonizad la radio. People of Spain, stay tuned in. Traitors to the Popular Front government are circulating lies and spreading panic. Do not panic. Stay tuned in. Only state radio will tell you the truth. Keep listening. Do not panic. Panic spreads rapidly. Sunday, the 19th of July, the radio broadcasts... Españoles. People of Spain, small group of traitorous generals have raised a rebellion against the lawful government. There is nothing to fear. There is everything to fear. Civil war has begun. In Germany, Chancellor Adolf Hitler promises to stay out of the conflict. Meanwhile, the crack German Condor Squadron is sent to provide humanitarian aid. In Great Britain, Mr. Baldwin, though sympathetic to the cause of General Franco, counsels caution and advocates a policy of non-intervention by all European nations. We'd opened a small general store in the village of Wallington to help make ends meet until... Um, until... Well, I had a book with Galance, uh, The Road to Wigan Pier. We hoped that Galance would publish it through the Left Book Club, which would guarantee a sale of 40,000 copies. And then there was war in Spain. Civil war. It was a revolt against the elected Republican government by the fascists, the, the church and the army and the capitalists. They didn't care about democracy. Yes, it, it was right-wing revolt. Now, I, I think you, you had to know how people felt then. People on the left, this, the, the terrific feeling that had arisen, the, the hatred and fear of fascism. Tom Galloway. <clears throat> I was a miner, a trades union member, and like a lot of the brothers, I was concerned about events in Spain. There were thousands of us, ordinary people, working class men and women, who wanted to fight, to take part in this struggle, despite the British government's lack of support for the Republican government, the legally elected Republican government. I thought there would be something distasteful, disgusting even, in talking about socialism and what was right and decent for men and women in this world if one hadn't put one's own life on the line. It would be like... Uh, like playing poker with someone else's money. Like the stock exchange, I suppose. And I never wanted to be a stockbroker. I just wanted to get to Spain any way I could. So off he went to Paris to get his visa. And while he was there, he called in on Henry Miller. Um, I was living in Paris at that time, and Blair was passing through. He'd reviewed Tropic of Cancer and been highly complimentary, and we struck up a correspondence. I don't know if we were friends, but I liked him. I really did. <laughs> oh, damn, I almost forgot the kettle. I almost let it boil. The enemy of good coffee. 
I used to live on coffee when I was in Paris. Ah, coffee and love. Uh, coffee and no love, actually. No love is free. Uh, nothing in this world is free. In this world's the only world there is. There go. Uh, that makes you one hell of a miserable bastard, Blair. Maybe, yes. And now you're going to Spain. I was in Burma, you know. I was a policeman. I saw... I did discreditable things in the name of an empire I no longer believe in. Yeah, now you never stop beating yourself up about it. There is such a thing as guilt, as being responsible, and you can't shrug that off. At least I can't. Payback. Fascism isn't going away. Italy and Germany are both deeply involved in Spain. They see it as a rehearsal for the next war, the big one. That's the way human beings are. And I don't see that changing any time soon. Fascists, communists. <laughs> Is there a difference? Here. Thank you. It's hot. Be careful. Don't want to burn yourself before General Franco gets his chance. But nothing's going to change if we don't try to do something to change it. Well, I still think you're dumb to go to Spain. I couldn't look myself in the mirror if I didn't. Oh, it's good. It's good. It's good, Miller. You make a decent cup of coffee. <laughs> now, there's a thing to have done in this world. Eh? But all your shooting and politics, is that going to change anything in the long run? In the long run, we're all dead. It's today and tomorrow that matter. Do we need another revolution? <laughs> You're still going to get your ass blown off in Spain? I've been looking for a cause I could honestly shoot a rifle in support of all my life. And I think this is it. I ain't gonna say don't go. Every man has a right to go to hell or Spain <laughs> in his own way. By train for you, I guess. Yes, I leave tonight. Well, I don't have any advice, but I do have a damn fine jacket. Corduroy. Double lined, thick and warm. Here, take it. You'll need it if it gets cold down there. And it will get cold down there. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure when I'll be able to return it. Mm, you don't need to. Just stay warm, and if you can, stay safe. Only I have this feeling you won't do that. No, sir, you won't. <laughs> Now, don't let this fine coffee go to waste.
listening to The Bohemian Beat, broadcasting nationally since 2007 across a community radio network. We just heard a track by Michelle Green from an album called Spain in My Heart. And before that, excerpts from George Orwell's novel Homage to Catalonia, adapted for radio by Mike Walker. Noam Chomsky regarded Homage to Catalonia as one of Orwell's greatest books, and the Spanish Civil War inspired Chomsky's first essay when he was just 10 years old. He has said about it, I quote, I remember what struck me. This was right after the fall of Barcelona. The fascist forces had conquered Barcelona, and that was essentially the end of the Spanish Civil War. And the article was about the spread of fascism around Europe. So it started off talking about Munich and Barcelona and the spread of Nazi power, fascist power, which was extremely frightening. According to George Orwell, history stopped in 1936. I quote, Early in life I had noticed that no event is ever correctly reported in a newspaper. But in Spain for the first time, I saw newspaper reports which did not bear any relation to the facts, not even the relationship which it implied in an ordinary lie. I saw great battles reported where there had been no fighting and complete silence where hundreds of men had been killed. I saw troops who had fought bravely denounced as cowards and traitors, and others who had never seen a shot fired hailed as the heroes of imaginary victories. And I saw newspapers in London retelling these lies and eager intellectuals building emotional superstructures over events that had never happened. I saw, in fact, history being written, not in terms of what happened, but out of what ought to have happened according to various party lines. A particular example cited by Orwell is a fascist propaganda representing themselves as Christian patriots saving Spain from a Russian dictatorship, where they stated up to half a million Russians took part. This was a blatant lie written into the history books. There was no Russian army in Spain, a few hundred at most. Let's continue with a little more from George Orwell's Homage to Catalonia, where he is on the train to Barcelona. On the train going south through France as we passed the little stations, there were French workers waving, giving the anti-fascist salute. I felt, I felt that for the first time here was a movement, something bigger than borders, bigger than any country, something as big as the human heart, an urge to freedom and uh, decency. Eric Blair? Hmm? Yes, John McNair from the ILP office. Ah, they told me you were coming. Told me to look out for you. Well, you're not hard to find in a crowd of Spaniards. Welcome to Barcelona. Welcome to free Spain. Well, thank you, uh, comrade. It's good to be here. Barcelona struck me more forcibly than, than I think any other city I'd ever visited. Simply, it was the first time I'd ever been in a town where the working class were in the saddle. <laughs> Almost every building had huge red or black anarchist flags draped over it. Every wall had revolutionary symbols painted over it and over each other. 
and every shop and cafe told you it had been collectivised, and no one said sir, and everyone said comrade. It was exhilarating. Take a seat. Thank you. No need to shove your bag under the table. It won't get stolen here. Uh, camarada, cuando puedas? Salud, camarada. ¿Qué tal? Uh, oh, good. ¿Quién es el grandes? English. Come to write about the struggle. English too, huh? Eh? Me, I speak good English. Happy to make your acquaintance, comrade. Uh, and you, comrade. You have come to see the free city of Barcelona. Here is the true revolution of the proletariat. I want to write about the war as well. No, no, you do not understand, comrade. We here in Catalonia do not make war. We make revolution. We fight for land. We fight for the control of the um, medios de producción. The means of production. Uh, for us, war is revolution. This you must understand, or you understand nothing. It's true, Magnell. Is true, comrade. For a man to fight for no reason makes him an animal. But to fight for the people, for the land, for workers, this is a grand thing. Now, I'll bring you good coffee. Coffee of free men. Uh, it's a very interesting waiter. There are no waiters, only comrades. Goodness, no waiters. How does anyone get their coffee? Look, Blair, this isn't an adventure. This is serious. I understand that perfectly well. Do you? I think you might find the issues are rather more complex here than they seemed back in England. The issues are simple enough. Surely a fascist rebellion against an elected government must be defeated. It is time for men and women to stand up for freedom and, if necessary, lay down their lives for it, too. I'm sorry, my, my, my wife tells me that when I get on my high horse, I tend to sound like I'm addressing a political meeting. <laughs> you need to understand one thing above all about Spain. This is the country where they invented surrealism and nothing is quite the way you think it is. Oh, it's good coffee. Yeah. Mm. The last good coffee I had was made by a man who thought all political activity was pointless. Listen, Blair. Hmm? The Spanish left grew out of this country of Catalonia. Here is where 90% of Spain's industry is built, and it was out of those factories and workshops that the anarchists led the struggle for workers' freedom and land for the landless peasants. They were the first to throw themselves against the fascists, the first to die. Organized anarchy, it sounds... Surreal? <laughs> Only in Spain, and... It isn't that organized. Yes, but the Spanish left is bigger than just the anarchists. Yes, it's a loose gaggle of left, socialist and communist parties which have formed themselves into one grouping. Who? The Workers' Party of Marxist Unification. McNair took me to the Lenin barracks, where I saw the young militiamen I talked about earlier. I signed on and joined the other recruits who were undergoing training of a sort... of a sort that I had never... <laughs> Never experienced before. The whole place was in a state of... in the condition of anarchy. We were given instruction in... Uh, nothing very much. I remember an officer being furious because somebody asked for an order. There are no orders amongst comrades, comrade. 
and if a request was made and a comrade didn't agree, he said so, and a long political discussion would follow while the rest of us wandered off to play football. As for weapons that worked, uh, that were less than 50 years old, or that were not corroded or rusted, no sign. Uh, there were rumours that the international brigades equipped by Russia had all the latest equipment. I couldn't say at that time. But what I remember is the spirit of those boys, and boys they mostly were. That was something to see. Young men and women realising for the first time that things could be changed for the better, for them, by them. Spain, a nation in turmoil, brother against brother, father against son, in the grip of civil war. In Barcelona, the young recruits of the Lenin Brigade march out for the front, where they will defend the Republic against her enemies. In Madrid, the international brigades resist the siege imposed by nationalist leader General Franco. In London, Foreign Secretary Lord Halifax speaks. The International Non-Intervention Committee has determined to the best of its ability that no foreign powers are now or intending in the future any interference in the Spanish war. Lord Halifax is flying to Germany to discuss the international situation with Herr Hitler and Signor Mussolini. In the skies of Spain, the crack pilots of Germany's Condor Legion fly their missions of support and supply. Hello? Hello, I, I was asked to report here to the, to the Commissar. Ah, I am the man, comrade. Uh, and you are the famous writer Eric Blair. Uh, George Orwell. Actually, comrade, that, that's the name I use, and, and not famous. Comrade, welcome. I am Georges Kopp. Uh, you have come from Barcelona? Oh, of course you have, with the volunteers. Yes, comrade. The training is good, huh? Good anarchist training? Yes, yes, it was, um, no, it was very, uh, very interesting. There were a lot of political discussions, some proposals, <laughs> uh, a few games of football. Actually, we, we played a lot of football, ah, anarchically. Uh, but not a lot of training. No. Uh, but a lot of revolutionary spirit, yes? Oh, yes. Good. The training we can supply. I was in the Belgian army. It was my speciality. Come, come, I will, uh, I'll show you the front line. The popular front line. <laughs> Has there been much fighting up here? So far, not so much, but it will come. Hopefully better equipment will come before then. Uh, the stuff we've been issued with is hopeless. Spirit, heart, revolutionary zeal is what we have, Comrade Blair. What the French call élan. What we Belgians call stupidity. <laughs> yes, I, I am Belgian. In the army during the war, decorated in a fight to preserve a corrupt system. But I have seen a better way. Here we remake the world together. Are you all right, comrade? You know, I, I'm, I'm fine. I, I, I promised myself I wouldn't duck at my first bullet. Duck? His uh, hide. Flinch. Flinch. Ah, everybody ducks. It can't be helped. It is uh, human nature. Uh, but we socialists, huh? We will change that. Well, most of the comrades here don't seem to take cover at all. Ah, the young comrades defy the bullets of the fascists. They laugh in the face of danger. And they get shot. 
which is a waste of material, as no doubt Vladimir Ilyich would have said. Don't be a fool for bravery, comrade. Our job is to win the war, not to die trying. Ten years before I saw the light of morn, a comradeship of heroes was laid. From every corner of the world came sailing the 5th International Brigade. They came to stand beside the Spanish people to try and stem the rising fascist tide. Franco's allies were the powerful and wealthy. Frank Ryan's men came from the other side. Even the olives were bleeding as the battle for Madrid thundered on. Truth and love against the force of evil. Brotherhood against the fascist clan. Viva la Quinta Brigada. The pastor and the pledge that made them fight. Adelante is the cry around the hillside. Bob Hilliard was a Church of Ireland pastor From Killarney across the Pyrenees he came From Derry came a brave young Christian brother Side by side they fought and died in Spain Tommy Woods, age 17, died in Cordoba But with Nafiana he learned to hold his gun from Dublin to the Via del Grio Where he fought and died beneath the blazing sun Viva la Quinta Brigada The pastor and the pledge that made them fight Atalante is the cry around the hillside Many Irishmen heard the call of Franco Joined Hitler and Mussolini too Propaganda from the pulpit and the newspapers Hepto Duffy to enlist his crew The word came from Maynooth, support the Nazis The men of cloth failed again when the bishops blessed the blue shirts in Dunleary As they sailed beneath the swastika to Spain Viva la Quinta Brigada The pastor and the pledge that made them fight Atlante is the cry around the hillside Let us all remember them tonight this song is a tribute to Frank Ryan, Kit Conway and Dinny Cody too, Peter Daly, Charlie Reagan and Hugh Bonner. Though many died, I can but name a few. Danny Boyle, Blazer Brown and Charlie Donnelly, Liam Thomas and Jim Straney from the Falls. 
Jack Nalty, Tommy Patton and Frank Conroy Jim Foley, Tony Fox and Dick O'Neill Viva la Quinta Brigada The passer and the pledge that made them fight Adelante is the cry around the hillside The Bohemian Beat, and that was Christy Moore with Viva La Quita Brigada. And before that, excerpts from Mike Walker's radio adaptation of George Orwell's book, Homage to Catalonia. The Spanish Civil War captured the fears and hopes of the world. About 32,000 foreign men and women entered the Republic service. Not just diplomats and politicians, but intellectuals, religious leaders and labour unions and many prominent artists and writers, including Hemingway, W.H. Auden and the Chilean poet Pablo Neruda. This next piece is from part of a poem by Neruda from his collection Spain in My Heart, which I will read. You will ask, and where are the lilacs? and the metaphysics laced with poppies, and the rain that often beat his words, filling them with holes and birds. I'll tell you everything that's happening with me. I lived in a neighbourhood of Madrid, with church bells, with clocks, with trees. From there you could see the dry face of Castilla, like an ocean of leather. My house was called the House of Flowers because everywhere geraniums were exploding. It was a beautiful house with dogs and little kids. Raoul, do you remember? Do you remember Raphael? Frederico, you remember, from under the earth. Do you remember my house with balconies on which the light of June drowned flowers in your mouth? And one morning, everything was burning. And one morning, the fires were shooting out of the earth, devouring beings. And ever since then, fire, gunpowder ever since. And ever since then, blood, bandits with airplanes and with moors, bandits with fingerings and douches, bandits with black friars making blessings, kept coming from the sky to kill children. And through the streets, the blood of the children ran simply like children's blood, jackals, the jackal would reject, stones the dry thistle would bite, then spit out. Vipers, the vipers would despise. Facing you, I see the blood of Spain rise up to drown you in one single wave of pride and knives. Traitor, generals, behold my dead house. Behold Spain destroyed. Yet instead of flowers from every dead house, burning metal flows. Yet from every hollow of Spain, Spain flows. Yet from every dead child rises a rifle with eyes. 
yet from every crime bullets are born that one day will find the target of your heart. You will ask why his poetry doesn't speak to us of dreams, of the leaves, of the great volcanoes of his native land. Come and see the blood in the streets. Come and see the blood in the streets. Come and see the blood in the streets. In the poem, Neruda makes reference to the Spanish poet Federico García Lorca, who was executed by Franco's nationalist forces during the Spanish Civil War. This next piece is by Joan Baez, who translated renditions of García Lorca's poems, including Garcella of the Dark Death. I want to sleep the dream of the apples, to withdraw from the tumult of cemeteries. I want to sleep the dream of that child who wanted to cut his heart on the high seas. I don't want to hear again that the dead do not lose their blood, that the putrid mouth goes on asking for water. I don't want to learn of the tortures of the grass, nor of the moon with a serpent's mouth, that labors before dawn. I want to sleep a while, a while, a minute, a century, but all must know that I have not died, that there is a stable of gold in my lips, that I am the small friend of the west wind, that I am the immense shadow of my tears. Cover me at dawn with a veil, because dawn will throw fistfuls of ants at me and wet with hard water my shoes so that the pincers of the scorpion slide. For I want to sleep the dream of the apples, to learn a lament that will cleanse me of the earth. For I want to live with that dark child who wanted to cut his heart on the high seas. Must have up ahead of plane 
was a Pogues with Locas Novina, and before that Joan Baez with Gisela of the Dark Death from her album Baptism. It has been argued that one of the reasons anarchism became so prevalent in Spain is that it suited the temperament of the Spanish people. The anarchist establishment of worker-controlled collectivism in both agriculture and industry constituted a radical restructuring of society in many parts of Spain, enacted through direct action rather than legislative means. This next piece is from a novel by Ernest Hemingway called For Whom the Bell Tolls. The novel is told primarily through the thoughts and experiences of the protagonist, Robert Jordan. The character was inspired by Hemingway's own experiences in the Spanish Civil War as a reporter for the North American Newspaper Alliance. Robert Jordan is an American in the International Brigades who travels to Spain to oppose the fascist forces of Francesco Franco. As an experienced dynamiter, he was ordered by a communist Russian general to travel behind enemy lines and to destroy a bridge with the aid of a band of local anti-fascist guerrillas in order to prevent enemy troops from being able to respond to an upcoming offensive. Tell me, what do they raise in your country? Cattle and sheep, Robert Jordan said. Much grain also, and beans. And also much beets for sugar. The three were at the table now, and the others sat close by except Pablo, who sat by himself in front of a bowl of the wine. It was the same stew as the night before, and Robert Jordan ate it hungrily. In your country there are mountains? With that name, surely there are mountains, Primitivo asked politely to make conversation. He was embarrassed at the drunkenness of Pablo. Many mountains, and very high. And are there good pastures? Excellent. High pasture in the summer in forests controlled by the government. Then in the fall the cattle are brought down to the lower ranges. Is the land there owned by the peasants? Most land is owned by those who farm it. 
Originally, the land was owned by the state, and by living on it and declaring the intention of improving it, a man could obtain a title to 150 hectares. Tell me how this is done, Augustine asked. That is an agrarian reform which means something. Robert Jordan explained the process of homesteading. He had never thought of it before as an agrarian reform. That is magnificent, Primitivo said. Then you have a communism in your country? No, that is done under the Republic. For me, Augustine said, everything can be done under the Republic. I see no need for other form of government. Do you have no big proprietors? Andres asked. Many. Then there must be abuses. Certainly, there are many abuses. But you will do away with them? We try to, more and more, but there are many abuses still. But there are not great estates that must be broken up? Yes, but there are those who believe that taxes will break them up. How? Robert Jordan, wiping out the stew bowl with bread, explained how the income tax and inheritance tax worked. But the big estates remain. Also, there are taxes on the land, he said. But surely the big proprietors and the rich will make a revolution against such taxes. Such taxes appear to me to be revolutionary. They will revolt against the government when they see that they are threatened, exactly as the fascists have done here, Primitivo said. It is possible. Then you will have to fight in your country as we fight here. Yes, we will have to fight. But are there not many fascists in your country? There are many who do not know they are fascists, but will find it out when the time comes. But you cannot destroy them until they rebel? No, Robert Jordan said. We cannot destroy them, but we can educate the people so that they will fear fascism and recognize it as it appears and combat it. Do you know where there are no fascists? Andres asked. Where? In the town of Pablo, Andres said and grinned. You know what was done in that village? Primitivo asked Robert Jordan. Yes, I have heard the story. From Pilar? Yes. You could not hear all of it from the woman, Pablo said heavily, because she did not see the end of it, because she fell from a chair outside of the window. You tell him what happened then, Pilar said. Since I know not the story, let you tell it. Nay, Pablo said. I have never told it. No, Pilar said, and you will not tell it. And now you wish it had not happened. No, Pablo said, that is not true. And if all had killed the fascists as I did, we would not have this war. But I would not have had it happen as it happened. Why do you say that? Primitivo asked him. Are you changing your politics? No. But it was barbarous, Pablo said. In those days I was very barbarous. And now you are drunk, Pilar said. Yes, Pablo said. With your permission. I liked you better when you were barbarous the woman said. Of all men, the drunkard is the foulest. The thief, when he is not stealing, is like another. The extortioner does not practice in the home. The murderer, when he is at home, can wash his hands. But the drunkard stinks and vomits in his own bed and dissolves his organs in alcohol. You are a woman, and you do not understand, Pablo said equably. I am drunk on wine, and I would be happy except for those people I have killed. All of them fill me with sorrow. He shook his head lugubriously. Give him some of that which Sordo brought, Pilar said. Give him something to animate him. He is becoming too sad to bear. If I could restore them to life, I would, Pablo said. Go in obscenity thyself, 
Augustine said to him. What sort of place is this? I would bring them all back to life, Pablo said sadly. Everyone. No man is an island entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. If a cloud be washed away. just heard No Man is an Island by Kettle Bjornstad, based on a poem by the English metaphysical poet John Donne, of which Ernest Hemingway's title of his book derives from For Whom the Bell Tolls, which we just heard an excerpt from read by Campbell Scott. The Spanish Revolution threatened the middle classes in both the cities and countryside, whose primary interest was to protect their property. Initially, there was nothing the middle classes could do but to adjust themselves to the new regime in hope that eventually the tide might turn, which it did. Leaving half a million dead, the war was eventually won by Franco in 1939. He established an autocratic dictatorship that lasted for nearly 40 years until his death in 1975. Franco established a repression which was characterised by concentration camps, forced labour and executions, mostly against political and ideological enemies, being estimated to have caused up to 400,000 deaths, depending whether death in concentration camps is considered. Well, we have squeezed a lot into the show today. I hope you've enjoyed this special on the Spanish Civil War. I will be back next week. Same beat time, same bohemian frequency. We will end with a track from The Clash called Spanish Bombs. Thank you for joining me on the bohemian beat. I'm ready. 
this tune inside In the days of 39 Oh please leave the vendetta open Federico lockers Dead and gone Bullet holes in the cemetery wall The black car The Johnny of the beer Spanish bombs on the Costa Rica I'm dying in on the DC tent tonight Spanish bombs We got the Kira Infinito Oh my god, I thought Spanish bones, yes, the dinner is the needle, yes, the quitter. Oh my god, I thought Spanish weeks in my disco casino. The freedom fighters died up on the hill. They sang the red flag. They won the black one after they died it for Mockingbird Hill. Back from the buses, went up in flashes. Irish too, stretched in the Spanish bones. the problem.